Life Audio. Welcome to Christian Natural Health with naturopathic Dr. Lauren DeVille. Christian Natural Health is the podcast on how to get and stay healthy God's way. You'll hear topics on nutrition, exercise, sleep, avoiding toxicity, meditating on scripture, what supplements to take, stress management, defeating anxiety and worry, how to reconcile Eastern medicine approaches with Christianity, and a whole lot more. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lauren. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Welcome back to another episode of Christian Natural Health. Today, I'm excited to have Brant Hansen with us. Brant is a best-selling author, syndicated radio host, and advocate for healing children with correctable disabilities through Cure International Children's Hospitals. His award-winning radio show, The Brant Hansen Show, airs on top stations in the U.S. and Canada. His podcast, The Brant and Sherry Oddcast, has been downloaded more than 15 million times. He has been named Personality of the Year multiple times by Christian music broadcasters and is called Christian Music's Most beloved radio personality by Christian Voice Magazine. Brant writes about various topics related to faith, including masculinity in his book, The Men We Need and Forgiveness in Unoffendable, in which he was recently interviewed on ABC's Good Morning America. Brant's new book, Life is Hard, God is Good, Let's Dance, releases January 16. Welcome, Brant. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Honored to be here. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about the premise behind the book, Life is Hard, God is Good, Let's Dance. Well, it's like Jesus tells us not to worry, yeah, and not to be anxious. And I, 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 when I ever I talk about it on the air, it's really interesting because I, I, I sometimes I get pushback mm-hmm. from people who are like, "Well, that's not realistic." Or it's my belief that Jesus isn't crazy; like that he is in touch with reality more so than we are, and that we can actually live life mm-hmm. free of being worried, like being weighed down by everything that's happening. But we we get so much information and stuff that people are just perpetually anxious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, I get it. We have a we have an epidemic of anxiety in our culture, and I I, just, I wanted to address that because somebody will tell you like, well, if you're not going to worry about this and that, what about this issue? What about that? Like you're being naive, and I'm like, no, I'm not being naive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There, there's a thing where you actually know more, not mm-hmm. less, and and part of the knowing more is is trusting the nature of God and actually knowing how this all ends. And mm-hmm. that, that takes a lot of the steam out of the anxiety and it's a much healthier way to live. Like Jesus, he knows us, he made us. That's, that's my, my belief on this. So he's, he's brilliant. Right. Yeah, of course. And we know we read the end of the book. We know how it ends. <laughs> kind of thing. Didn't that change everything though? Cause it's like, 
like I tell people, like if you're if you're watching a game, I don't know if you're a sports fan, Lauren, are you at all? No. No? <laughs> Not even a little, but go with it. <laughs> Somebody listening might relate right. to it. Somebody is. Like you get all worked up when the ref rips off your team or you're down. I I had a favorite team that was down 18 points in the NCAA tournament with like three minutes left. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching the game and I said to my my kid, I shouldn't have, I was very pessimistic. Hey, it's over. Uh-huh. Why are we this? I just I was so down. We're gonna be eliminated. Right. Well, so they came back and won. Right. And it made the final four as a result. Well, I can watch that game on YouTube now. Mm-hmm. I'm not stressed out. Right, because you know how it ends. That's a know how it ends. So even when the ref makes a bad call, or you know, some guy misses an easy uh, shot, or like I'm not right. yelling at the screen, right? Because I know how it is. You can still be excited, right? It's still to watch. It's but it's right. you. If you trust how something ends, you can. Everything takes on a different color in life. So that's all right. I'm trying to say. No, that makes perfect sense. So in the nitty gritty, as far as it, you know, when people are reading a a news headline of something terrible happening or something happening in their personal lives, what does it mean to outsource your worry to the Lord? Like, how do you practically do that? Yeah. So I got this from, I don't know if you know who Tim Ferriss is, but he's like, oh uh, yeah. Uh Okay. He's got podcasts and stuff. I I should have finished the book. I didn't finish the book, but he wrote (laughs) this one book about about you know limiting your work hours or whatever four hour work week yes four hour work week exactly uh-huh. so one of the things he was talking about is outsourcing everything like you can and one of them was like he had a personal assistant he hired in india mm-hmm. this woman that helped him with everything mm-hmm. and he, as a joke one morning i thought this was so funny as a joke he told her hey i'm really worried about something can you worry about it for me today <laughs> uh-huh yeah and, the funny thing was he said, you know what? It, it worked. It worked. <laughs> he's like, ah, it's taken care of. Right. It doesn't like, because he's like, sure. knowing that somebody else was worrying about it, sure. freed him up to like, that's really funny, but it's, there's something to that. Right. And again, yeah, yeah. The, the Bible's so full of wisdom that, that is for us. Like mm-hmm. it's not burdening us. It's telling us how to live. Mm-hmm. So it's in the old Testament and the new Testament, cast your cares on him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. bring your anxiety to him whatever mm-hmm. you're anxious about and with gratitude mm-hmm. it's telling us and then the peace of, like if you do that mm-hmm. don't be don't be anxious instead pray mm-hmm. about it and, and tell god what you need tell him what you're thankful for and then it says the peace of god will guard your heart like this is how to actually live mm-hmm. so the outsourcing something's going i'm not in control of this mm-hmm God, I want you to worry about this for me because I can't handle it. Mm-hmm. I even think that like I'm at a desk at work and somebody brings something radioactive to me to my desk, like a, an envelope that's glowing and like that's not I don't You're deal with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right. You take that to the glowing envelope department. Yeah, yeah. That's not that's sure. not my thing. Right. And so I think practicing this, it's not a it's not an abracadabra thing, but it works. Like mm-hmm. practicing this, I'm going to be grateful, mm-hmm. actively tell God what's going on. So I'm forced back to talking to him, reminding mm-hmm. me that he's actually in control of this thing, not me. Mm-hmm. And the gratitude chases away anxiety. It's very difficult yeah. to be gr- grateful and simultaneously be worried or angry. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's, 
is just genius. He knows our psychology. He knows how we operate. And this is this is a better way to live. So you, you can actually do this. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting, like the implication of what you just said sounds like the we think as we're worrying that we're actually accomplishing something like we have this idea that we're in control by the fact that we're still thinking about the problem, but it's a complete illusion. So if that you, is absolutely right. Right. If you it's can an, cast it on him. Right. Yeah. That's an illusion. It's an illusion of control. Like we're somehow doing something about it by worrying. We're not right. Yeah. So what's so genius again, people need to think in terms of Jesus as a genius about how to live. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Not some pie in the sky yeah. being that doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. He's telling us, don't worry. Mm-hmm. Be like the animals. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're not worried, which is, in fact, quite true. You talk right. to anyone who knows anything about the endocrine system, or they're, they're zoologists, or they're, there's a primate neuroendocrinologist at Stanford that wrote mm-hmm. a book called Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Right? So there yeah. aren't any other creatures on the planet Mm-hmm. who get ulcers mm-hmm. we're the only ones who can borrow threats mm-hmm. from tomorrow right yeah zebras don't do that they're not thinking hey a lion could come next tuesday mm-hmm. what if it happens oh no what if what if what if what if we're the only ones mm-hmm. and we don't need to do this jesus is telling us that so be like the animals mm-hmm. because worry we now know okay. will kill you yeah that's absolutely true. So, and the, uh, you're also uh, alluding to in, in Matthew six, when Jesus is telling us, don't worry about tomorrow. But what I find so interesting is he's saying, the reason you don't worry about it is because God's going to take care of you. Like it's, it's not like he hears you and now you're stuck and you're not going to get those needs met. Trust him, seek first right. the kingdom. And all of these things are going to be added to you. Why are you stressing out about it and creating more problems that are completely unnecessary? That's exactly right. But so I know what can happen. And I totally understand this. I'm human too, of course. But we go to worst case scenarios in our heads and we're like, this does happen to people. Mm -hmm. But I think the thing Jesus did, and I I do write about this in the book, but the, the thing Jesus did where they went out on the boats and the storm kicked in on the lake. Mm-hmm. Like he's he, he apparently brought a cushion. He actually uses the word cushion, wow. in, which I think is funny. <laughs> like, how, how many times is the word cushion in the Bible? Once. Yeah, yeah. But he's asleep. And Everybody's soaked. I bet you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It was his idea. If you go back a couple verses, that was his idea to take those boats out right. there. Right. He was doing this to say, "Let's see how you handle this." And then he's kind of like, you guys failed doing a little test here and you failed. You don't need to freak out. Even if the boat did go down, mm-hmm. you'd be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to like, ultimately you're safe. Mm-hmm. Trust me. Yeah. Yeah. So sure. even if, and when, when you yeah. encounter people who are believers who've gone through the worst case scenario, they will have this weird story about how God showed up. Mm-hmm gave them something they'd never experienced before and hard to relate to if you haven't experienced it. And I haven't, not like that, but I I'm trusting the character of God that if it does, I'll be okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. He's got you regardless for sure. So, and you talk in the book a little bit about the concept of, of deconstructing faith, this movement to do that. Tell us what that is like define it. And what would you say to people who are in the process of doing that, or maybe who are in leaving the faith altogether? 
Well, yeah, I, I can relate to people who get disenchanted with stuff. And I've, I've yeah. done a lot. I've, I've been disenchanted with a lot of church culture stuff. I get it. Yeah. Why I'm not, well, I shared why I'm not. And it is because I'm not leaving the faith because I trust the character of Jesus. I trust the character of God. Mm-hmm. It's too, he's too good to leave. Mm-hmm. And what I find interesting, and I, that, what I wrote about in the book is that when I read these manifestos from people that are leaving, they're maybe Christian artists or big time Christian authors or something like, well, I'm done with this. Hmm. I, I wasn't they, aware that was going on. Interesting. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Huh. Yeah. Usually after their career has peaked or something has happened that they've been, you know, they're not going to have the same success or something, but that's, I don't know, you know, or their, or their marriage is breaking up because of something they're doing. Mm -hmm. Suddenly they're losing faith. Mm -hmm. What I find interesting though, is when they write about it and they do write, they don't mention Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like, why are you, why I'm leaving the faith along manifesto and they never mention like that's really odd to me why were you in this in the first place yeah i'm not in this for the cultural trappings i'm not like i say i'm not in this for the christian t-shirts or the movies i'm in this because of jesus right yeah so if you're if you're leaving and your statement on leaving you never mentioned him like i don't i don't even know what that is when i see the kingdom of god and i get to travel to these hospitals around the world that are all about jesus and healing these kids with surgeries that Mm-hmm. allow them to walk or live like by the thousands mm-hmm. and that's the kingdom of god in action yeah for sure so when i see that i'm not walking away from that right no absolutely so when people are deconstructing faith they're not like what was the faith in what is it what do you mean by deconstruct or do they just say that this is useless or what well uh, people will have their a different different categories for it, but a lot of times it's it's people reflecting on how Christians are, are to this or to uh, that. You know, so they deconstruct the church. <laughs> yeah, church. And okay. then they're, they're also like, I don't, I don't believe that this is the only way anymore. I found that I can make a lot of friends who aren't believers and they, they make great points. It ranges with each person, okay, I see. but it usually is like, I'm on my way out the door from any sort of Orthodox Christianity. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I just recently re-listened to uh, C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity, and I absolutely love that book. I've read it so many times, but um, it's he makes such fantastic points of the fact that you can just use, I mean, even aside from all of the apologetics and the science, you can use philosophy to lead you absolutely. straight back to the God of the Bible. And all yeah. of the rest of those things, they they can just be misleading, but it doesn't ultimately lead you to anything valuable. Yeah. Something he was really good at, and I think people need to do more. And I encourage people who are struggling because it's legit. Like a lot, a lot of people are struggling with their faith or they're like, what is this? What's going on? Because mm-hmm. the culture is so, the tide is pulling so strong the other way. Sure. Yeah. So I get it. Um, however, I'm like, okay, let's apply that same deconstructive impetus mm-hmm. to the culture mm-hmm. at large. Like, Ask some tough questions of our larger culture. Does this work? Is what we're doing working? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what sure. we're doing about, about human identity or like what, you know, all like, like reimagining marriage. Like, is this paying off? People are happier. Right. Yeah. Suicide, exactly. rates, are, suicide rates are down. Sure. Uh, deaths from despair are down. Drug addiction. No, all of this stuff is skyrocketed. This doesn't work. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. So my whole my whole thing is B is if you're gonna be skeptical, I, I get it. I'm a skeptic too, but be skeptical in a very equal opportunity way because mm-hmm. honestly, the alternatives to Jesus to me don't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, they don't make sense. They don't acknowledge our brokenness and um they don't provide the peace. Mm-hmm. People are not at peace. Right. No, so definitely not. He, his way of living provides that. Right. For sure. Well, and the, the title of the book includes God is good. And I feel like that that's for a lot of Christians, they might say that, but they don't necessarily know him as good. And I think that makes such a huge difference. There's this idea of God is good by definition, but he can do all these awful things and we attribute them to him. And that's not his identity. Can you speak to that a little bit? Like, how did you come to recognize him as good the way that we are? So it's weird, but a lot of Christians don't know this. It's certainly not Christian. They don't know what Jesus' favorite subject was. Mm-hmm. If you ask, they don't know. And I wasn't taught it. Mm-hmm. But he's the good news to Jesus is that the kingdom of God is here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His favorite subject. He's constantly talking about the kingdom. The kingdom is like this. It's like that. It's like this other thing. He's constantly explaining it. And somehow when when we talk to believers, and I didn't know it for the longest time, it's like, what is that? Mm-hmm. We don't know. And if you don't know, you're missing out on something because everybody's yearning for this kingdom and they don't even know it. Yes, absolutely. So that's why we get goosebumps. And I, I wrote a chapter about goosebumps in the book. Like uh-huh. when you see certain things in life, it gives you goosebumps. Yeah. Like yeah. you can watch a video of a soldier returning and it's surprising his daughter yeah. or someone, someone hearing for the first time, yeah. someone seeing for the first time. Yeah. So like the hospitals I work with, we see kids running and jumping for the first time because because oh. they've got a, we got them a surgery and told them this is because of Jesus. Like, yeah, so it gives you goosebumps. Yes, like, that's because it resonates with you. This is you're recognizing home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the, when someone's healed like that, it's an advanced trailer of heaven. Amen. Yeah. So when Jesus is healing, he's saying the kingdom's breaking through. See, so like this is the lame will leap like deer, the deaf will hear. He's yeah. talking about, he's showing the kingdom right. is available now. It's breaking through. Mm-hmm. And when people see the Olympics, they see all these nations together for the opening ceremonies, and there's this pomp and circumstance, and all these people from all these different backgrounds smiling and to get like it's like there's something in that that resonates with us. Mm-hmm. Royal mm-hmm. wedding. Yeah, there's something that resonates. Like this is all an advanced trailer of heaven, and even if you don't believe in God, you still get these goosebumps. Why? Because yeah. you're 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 like nostalgic for this place you haven't been yet. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And that's, I mean, it it says that Jesus was the one who went around destroying the works of the devil. He healed everyone who came to him as well, and that is what you know attracted people to him so much because he was the one who was going around destroying the works of the devil and bringing the kingdom, and everybody wanted a piece of that. Yeah, absolutely. everybody wants a piece of that, and it, like yeah. this is a good thing. We want this, and like God is good, right? When you when you see this in action, yes. like. Heck yeah. Uh-huh. Every good and perfect gift comes down from him. Absolutely. Yes. Everything yeah. we have, like our, every, at the micro and macro level of yeah. the universe down to the, the subatomic particles, it's just this beauty Yeah. That it, or music itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the, the good, he didn't have to, we don't have to have frequencies that cause us to cry or mm-hmm. dance. Yeah. This is all, Absolutely. this is all his, his goodness overflowing. Right. It's that he just keeps ladling on top of it, like over and over and over. 
Yeah, that's awesome. So tell us a little bit more about the work with Cure and these these kids that you see having their disabilities reversed. Like just a couple anecdotes. How'd you get into it and stories of 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 what it's oh, like? I and I do write a lot about that in the book because yeah. it's weird that I wound up doing this, but I didn't plan it. But I I'm, I work with Cure. There's eight full time right now. Eight full on surgical hospitals, permanent training hospitals. Mm-hmm. that are all about Jesus. There's mm-hmm. nothing else like this in the world. Mm-hmm. So they're they're not people coming in for a week or back out. It's like, these are full on, they live there. And we heal the kids and we tell them about the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So just in the last few months, so since July, the number of people who have become Christians at our hospitals, mm-hmm. 13,760. Mm, that's so great wow people haven't even heard about cure which is weird if you just go to cure.org you're gonna see it's it's the best kept secret in the world and it needs to not be so that's why i'm trying to get the word out i wound up going to the hospital in afghanistan Uh a few times i sat in on the first surgery it was a girl who was 17 years old she'd not basically been let out of the house her entire life Mm -hmm. because she had a cleft palate Oh. there's this hole under you know underneath her nose yeah was treated as a curse and her parents didn't want the neighborhood to see her because they would chase them all out of the neighborhood hmm. she's a monster yeah so she had the surgery done and afterward i was in the children's ward and she was back there with her mom this is, again is a full-grown woman at this point she's 17 right and already the surgery had repaired her face. It was still, there's some swelling. There's still a suture there, but she looked completely different. Yeah. Unrecognizable. And I, I was in there and I was like, Hey, uh, I I was wishing I had a mirror and I didn't. And then I was like, Oh, my phone, I'll use my phone. And I, I had my phone. I turned the camera around and handed it. And she was just in shock. Like, she could not, and I was thinking at the time, I'm thinking like watching her do that, like every girl wants to be beautiful. Like, yeah, she just looks so different. And it, Kira does this thousands and thousands of times. So it's club foot. It's stuff like a 15 year old boy who just, it's just a surgery and he'll be able to get up and run mm-hmm. instead of living as a beggar his whole life. Sure. Oh man. Well, there's something about there's something about healing, and that's why Jesus' miracles, like he's healing. He could have done anything, right? But 75 or 80 percent of his miracles are healing. It's like again, the kingdom is breaking through, little bodies are being restored. Everybody else is destroying little people out in the world. Yep. But the people of Jesus are are putting little bodies back together. I'm like, sign me up. Absolutely. So yeah, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his signature. And yes. And ours is what? The opposite. Exactly. He came to give us life and life more abundantly. And I love that it's doing that. And how does that impact the way that you look at all of the other chaos that's going on in the world when you see that the kingdom is breaking through in these places? That's just it. It, it, It's exactly that. Like, I'm aware. Yeah. It is breaking through CNN's not going to show you Fox news. Isn't showing you like, nobody's going to show you this stuff, but the, but God is at work in the world. Mm -hmm. If you, Mm -hmm. but you may not know it, but for me to be able to see it. And that's one reason I included a lot of the little vignettes in this book was like, I want other people to see it. 
he's where I, when people are like, where's your God now? What, when they see a tragedy, I'm like, Hey, you know what? Come with me to one of these hospitals. I'll show you exactly where he is. He's Mm -hmm. with, he's where he always has been, which is with the marginalized and the broken and the hurting and the isolated and the, and the sick. Yeah. And the thing is, we're still in a war zone. So it, of course, there's still going to be chaos and tragedy as well, but God is also at work and that just isn't being highlighted. And he's using us to do it, to to be his hands and feet, to do what he told us to do, which is heal the sick and claim the kingdom. So I'm I'm like, that's, that helps me a lot, all the other stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, and if people are seeking a message of peace overall, instead of like all of the typical self-help and success plans, kind of what does your book talk about? That's a little bit of a different approach to how they, it's, it's it's the capturing your thoughts, Mm -hmm. speaking truth to your own stupid thoughts. And I have a billion stupid thoughts through the day, but I'm getting better at going, you know what? That's a stupid thought. I'm going to change my, right. Or selfish or wrong or, or just, and when I replace it with something true, mm-hmm. something noble, something, you know, that's pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. When I replace it, mm-hmm. I can live in peace. Yeah, absolutely. Going down these thoughts, these streams, like I can capture, you can, you can become aware of it, speak truth to it. Just like David does in Psalms. He's like, why are you so downcast, oh, my soul? Mm-hmm. But you're, he's talking to himself. Mm-hmm. He's like, you can talk to yourself, right? And straighten out this the the dumb stuff. But this is a discipline, but it's a good discipline. And over time, you get better at it, and you kind of inhabit that, and you become this person that's actually at peace. Yeah, that's yeah. A, and everybody else is like, "What is the deal? Why? Why are you hopeful?" Sure. Yeah, that's what people are supposed to be asking us that question. Right. They should yeah, be right. that there's makes, a difference. Makes yeah. sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and how is that? Like you, you talk about this idea of a second naivete or a second simplicity is how does that pertain to this? Well, so here's what happens. Mm-hmm. I think, I think uh, you wind up with a childlike faith mm-hmm. and when you do, so you have this hope, you have this trust, you can have this lightness of heart, Mm-hmm. Joy is really what Dallas Willard called a sense of well-being, regardless of circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you have that, other people will say, "Well, you just don't understand the world. Like you, like the, this, and that you haven't, you haven't encountered the complexities of what about redactive criticism, or what about you know this, the problem of pain. What about that? Like, so you start naive as a little kid, right? Like right. that, but that Jesus loves me. This I know, mm-hmm. and the complexity." And the second naivete is over here, where you mm-hmm. just return to, you know what? Mm-hmm. Jesus loves me this I know. Keeping your focus where it needs to be. Yeah. So it, I was thinking it, it, about, yeah. It'll look, it'll look to other people like you have this childlike faith, and you do. Right. But it's not because you don't understand the complexity. It's yeah. that you've gone through this stuff. And you are, yes, and you've wound up back with trusting God. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So people will think you're ignorant, you're naive, like... It's it's because you know more. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And you've you found him to be faithful and trustworthy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, what have I not asked you that you want to make sure you leave with our audience? Oh gosh, that's a good question. You ask good questions already. I don't know. I think I um I try to make the book funny, and but that's in the eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. So, but I do. I 
I appreciated this probably isn't a question to ask, but I appreciated uh, a review I got from Publishers Weekly, which they're they're pretty tough to please. Mm-hmm. And they said that the book had a light touch and a lasting impact. And I like that. Oh, that's great. Yes, because that's that's what I'm going for. Like this isn't I don't want to preach. Right. I want to be I want to be self-deprecating and I just want to show you the stories. I'm kind of like Forrest Gump, like the stuff I've gotten to see. Yeah. Without intending to. Right. I can just write it down and go, you're not gonna believe this what happened to this little girl or what I was playing with this kid. And then and I I've I've gotten to go all over the world and uh I get to report on that, what God's mm-hmm. doing. So, yeah, yeah. awesome. And it's, it's so interesting to me how if you travel widely and you see more about what's going on in the world, it really does kind of change your perspective. I mean, so many of us, I think, are in tunnel vision of exactly where we are and not recognizing how much more there is elsewhere. When people are like, Christians are this way, they're like that. Christians do this. They're like, you don't know Christians. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, a tiny fraction of people in this country, maybe, but like, sure. you're, you're telling me an African woman does this and that, like, that's the typical Christian. Sure. Yeah. Like getting out to see what God is actually doing among, get, get out of your, like, mm-hmm. yep. People just reacting to their cultural setting. Like, Hey, God may be better than your blinders. You so. think? Absolutely. I love it. So where can people go to learn more about you and also about cure? Um, cure.org for cure. Okay. Awesome. I'm at brandhanson.com. Mm-hmm. But if you were just going to go to one of those websites, I highly recommend cure.org because yeah. it's the, it's the best expression of Jesus I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I love it. That's great. So I will link to both of those in the show notes and also to your book. Um, thank you so much for this. This has been really encouraging. I appreciate it. Good, good, good. My pleasure. Are you looking for a holistically minded healthcare practitioner who truly treats root cause rather than symptom suppression? Unfortunately, even in the alternative healing professions, this isn't a given. That's why I've created wholehealthdoctor.com, a resource to help connect patients to healthcare practitioners in their area who share a root cause philosophy. Alternatively, most of the practitioners listed also practice telehealth. So if there isn't anyone local to you, you can still find a great practitioner to help you regain optimal health. Go to wholehealthdoctor.com. That's whole healthdr.com, type in your location or adjust the specialty that you're looking for and find the practitioner who's right for you. Thanks for listening to Christian Natural Health. This show is run by you, so please write in with topic and guest suggestions for future shows. For more great content, subscribe to Dr. Lauren's blog at www.drlaurendeville.com or follow her on Facebook or Twitter at Dr. Lauren DeVille. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to share it with your friends and give us a five-star rating in iTunes. It really helps us to stand out so other people can discover great content as well. Have a great week and God bless you. Scripture and brain science agree. Meditating on God's word transforms us and reduces stress in our lives. I'm Jody Nisnik, host of So Much More, Creating Space for God, a scripture meditation podcast. And each week I give you space to hear God's word, listen to the spirit and pray about what's on your heart. And then we have a thoughtful conversation with guests to help us go deeper. 
Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.